Okay, well, it's uh, great to see you. This is the last in our series of um, the last few verses of 2 Corinthians. And uh, it starts in verse 11, finally, brothers and sisters. Well, this is finally <laughs> uh, for our little series going through these verses. And um, just you'll notice on, the, on your right side of the screen, there's uh, a notice about the next two Sundays. I thought the next two Sundays we'd make it a special opportunity to invite people from your bubble uh, to be with you if they're allowed, uh, friends and family uh, to either listen with you again if they're allowed or alongside you. So it'd be an opportunity to invite people uh, to listen into the next two services. Next week, uh, the aim is to look at the question or rather the answer, why Jesus is uh, real and relevant and crucial for you. So we'll look at uh, that uh, next week. So people might be, people that you know might be interested in Christianity, asking questions, wondering uh, why, why you believe what you believe and what makes you tick. Well, please, please uh, think and pray about it and invite them uh, to come along, give them the, the link so that they can join in with us or sit with you, if, if, again, if they're allowed to if they're in your bubble and uh, the week after that it's going to be their question or your question uh, from their perspective so basically after next week it's a chance for them to think of questions and also for you as well to send me questions um, and you can pass on my email address to your friends or, or phone number doesn't matter send text so sending questions get them to send in questions about christianity doesn't matter what it is uh, as long as it's um, not rude or <laughs> unreasonable, it'll be, uh, we'll seek to answer as many as we can uh, in the time. So it'll be uh, two services aimed at people who are seeking, uh, people not yet Christians who want to find out more. Uh, so let's really pray about that and invite as many people to listen with us as possible. So, uh, and then, as I say, the second week will be an opportunity for people to, to ask questions and I'll try to answer them uh, in the, if you like, in the sermon and maybe make the whole session basically answering people's questions will be things relevant for the children as well so uh, please think and pray pray about that thank you so uh, moving on let's um look at uh, the subject for today uh, and it says in verse 11 of 2 corinthians 13 finally brothers and sisters rejoice strive for full restoration encourage one another be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you and we studied that verse earlier on and uh, we come to verse 12 which says greet one another with a holy kiss so as you can see the title for this first um, section is christians be good meters and greeters christians be good meters and greeters greet one another with a holy kiss now we didn't cover this verse earlier on in order but it fits nicely with our theme today and probably our culture is more handshake and hugs uh, but the principle is there, isn't it? It gives us a picture of a, a loving fellowship, people who love to, to meet and to, to greet each other. Uh, we see the greeting that the Apostle Paul and uh, Timothy send uh, as they send this letter to the Corinthian church. All God's people here send their greetings. So Christians should aim to be good meters and good greeters. You know, even if we saw each other every day, even if we were able to meet every day, it is still something very special. It's never, no, it's them again. It's my brother and sister. It's always good to, to recognize that and to greet and meet each other as something very special. And we need to make an effort to meet and greet each other in a way that makes each other feel special. It's important that we do that. It's not an empty exercise. It's not just um, 
for the, the sake of it, but it's because of who lives in each other, who lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in that brother or sister who's approaching you, who's coming towards you. And so we're honouring God who lives in each other in the way that we meet and greet each other. It's a fantastic thing to think that there's my brother and sister in Christ. It's also a way of encouraging each other. We're told to encourage one another earlier on in verse 11, encourage one another. And it's amazing how much a smile, a handshake, a hug, a kind of holy greeting of genuine love, a holy, emphasised holy kiss. It's amazing what these uh, things can do, little things in a sense, but so precious as we meet and greet one another. And we're told here in God's word to, to greet each other and make it something special. Now, we live in an age of text, don't we, in emails, social media and online meetings. We live in an age where letter writing is replaced by abbreviations and emojis. But it's still important that we message each other with greetings and warmth. It's so important, I believe, even in a day of digital uh, communication. Uh, we know, for example, messages that, that are pared down to the basics. And we're not quite sure of the tone or the manner of that text or that email. And misunderstandings can creep in. And, you know, however big we grow as a church, however efficiently we are administered, however business-like we are administered, and we are grateful to folk in the church who do help us with administration, we are never a business, we're always a family. Never a business, always a family. And the warmth and the love in our messages, in our communications, in our greetings should always shine through. And our messages to another, our communication with each other, even on relatively mundane details is always an opportunity to encourage one another and whatever business we have to deal with it's an opportunity to share God's warmth and God's love and God's truth with each other how we meet and greet is important and also it's a good principle to carry on into family life it's a, it made me think uh, to re-emphasize something that is so important I believe is so important even when you've had a hard day at work whether you're coming home or, or in the home Make an effort to meet and greet your husband, your wife, your children, your parents. Even if you have to share a hard day story afterwards and it's been a tough day, a smile, a hug, a warm greeting can set off the tone on the best note. So always remember to make, make it a special thing when we see each other, when we come home at the end of the day, when we meet each other, even after a difficult day. Let's remember to meet and greet each other. But as, as Christian fellowship, let's remember the importance of being good meters and greeters. So let's move on then to the next heading. And it's about the fellowship prayer itself. The verse 14 uh, that we've got to memorize uh, for, for next week. May the grace. We're focusing on this closing prayer of the letter. It's also called a benediction if you want to be technical. But we often nickname it the grace. Just simply call it the grace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's a lovely prayer. Now we believe that there's only one God and it was great that that song was chosen earlier on because it mentioned, didn't it, there's, there's one God and one God exists in three persons. They're each equally God but they have distinctions, they have special roles and yet they work in total harmony and love. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are the, as we found out the other week, the origin of love and the origin of family uh, and sharing and partnership and fellowship. The Lord Jesus is the Son of God who came in amazing grace to pay for our sins, to remove the barrier to God's love so that we can be forgiven and experience the love of God. 
the Father, God sent his son, Jesus, to save us. And now he pours out his love into our hearts. He pours out his love on us, the people that he loved before time began. And that was a, a mind-blowing fact that we looked at the other week. Now, what about the Holy Spirit? Well, we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us. And that's a distinction of the Holy Spirit's work. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us. Now, the Holy Spirit works to apply the grace and the love of God that we've looked at in the last few weeks. He works to apply that to our individual lives, our hearts, and also to us as a church body, a church family. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says that God's love, because of what Jesus has done, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. He works inside our souls. He works from the inside out. And that's a, a big distinction between Christianity and other religion. Religion gives us rules and regulations to try to kind of work from the outside in, whereas the Holy Spirit works inside our souls. He works from the inside out. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, it says there that God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the, the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in, in the truth. The presence of the Holy Spirit within us sanctifies and helps us to believe and trust in Jesus. If you like, the Holy Spirit takes the medicine of the gospel and gives it to us. Many folk are looking forward to, um, well, maybe we're all looking forward to a vaccine, aren't we, for the, the coronavirus. And there are going to be lots of people recruited, ex-nurses and doctors and so on, to, to come and uh, give us that. There need to be people who give us the medicine that's being prepared, the vaccine that's being prepared. And the Holy Spirit takes the medicine of the gospel and he gives it to us. He works in us to convince us that it's good and safe. A lot of people are not sure about the, the vaccine at the moment. And they need to be convinced. Well, the Holy Spirit works in us to help us to believe that this gospel is true, that we can trust in Jesus. He enables us to open our hearts and minds to receive the, the medicine for our souls. That the work of the Holy Spirit, we see, is fundamental to anyone becoming a Christian. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says there that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit even to become a Christian. He enables us to see and to understand what Jesus has done. And to believe in him, it, like it opens our eyes. You know, people describe that, the light came on, uh, a light bulb moment. That's what he does. He helps us to see and understand and believe in Jesus. He opens our hearts to receive the love of God the Father. And he brings us into the family of God as adopted children. Ephesians 2 verse 18 says that for through him, that's through, through, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit brings us into this sharing, into the, this fellowship of God, into the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us. We, we have it like an ocean before us. When we become a Christian, we, we have an ocean of, of getting to know God before us. It's vast. We begin to dip our toes in. We get to know God more and more. The Holy Spirit has brought us into this family relationship and helps us to get to know God better. We learn to paddle, then we learn to wade, and then we learn to swim. And it's wonderful. And we never exhaust it, but we always need it. And so that's why we have the prayer. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
Now let's look briefly at what 2 Corinthians tells us about the Holy Spirit, because we, we see that this, this mentioned and him mentioned in the, the last part of this section here about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's good sometimes to look through a part of the Bible and see a theme that, that builds up. And we do see that in, in 2 Corinthians. We see that he is the assurance of a sure salvation. The Holy Spirit, his presence with us, is the assurance of a sure salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. God set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. It's like when you have something paid, when they stamp something that's been paid for. And the Holy Spirit living in us is like God's seal of paid. This, this person's been secured and paid for. They belong to me. And one day I'm going to come and take them to heaven to be with me. So the Holy Spirit is the seal on our, of ownership, of God's ownership of us. He is the assurance of a wonderful salvation. We've mentioned that there were people and their ideas influencing the church at Corinth, trying to disturb the confidence of the Christians, implying that what Paul and Timothy had taught them wasn't quite the full packet, wasn't quite the full thing. And we know that there was a, a strong influence from people who were emphasizing the old covenant in a way that wasn't helpful. People taught that for a Gentile Christian to be the full packet, if you like, they needed to keep the laws that God had given to the Jews under the old covenant. And uh, to basically, basically live as Jews, even though they were New Testament Gentile Christians. And Paul and Timothy, in his letter, they try to firm up the confidence of the church in the gospel of the new covenant. And they do this by their references to the Holy Spirit. And you can see that through, through the letter. And one of the things he points out is that he, the Holy Spirit, brings something better than the old covenant. Better than the old covenant. Not contradicting, but a development of and better than the old covenant. The old covenant is still valuable to us for our understanding. There are many principles, commands that are carried over into the new covenant but the new covenant gospel is the predicted and the planned development on from the old and to live as it were as if we were under the old is not freedom it's something which is not what we should be doing there's no contradiction between the old and the new covenant but there's a progression and that's all part of god's plan the old covenant was written on tablets of stone tablets of stone but the new covenant is a work of the holy spirit written on human hearts written on the hearts of his people, you and I. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, you show, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. If the old covenant was associated with impressive acts of God and a glory, Paul argues in verse 8, Will the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? There's something even better than the old covenant in the new, the development of it and from it. We also find out that the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians is pointed out that he brings freedom and transformation, freedom from guilt, freedom from living under lots of rules and regulations, freedom from that and transformation of our lives. The old covenant was good. It served the function of highlighting the helplessness helplessness of humanity to to keep the law of god to keep god's righteous standards it confirmed the problem of sin and and, and our guilt and it made it clear that we need a savior it had a wonderful and important function but now in the new covenant the savior has come and the holy spirit applies the work of 
the Lord Jesus to our own hearts. And it brings about a transformation and it brings about a freedom. Still godly principles. Still we have the instructions of the Lord Jesus and his teaching. And we still have the, the principles there. But it says in chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces, because we understand, we see now, we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Father, who is the Spirit. So there's freedom and there's transformation. And then uh, we see that he gives us assurance of even better to come, even better to come. Not that God will, in a sense, is going to improve his offer, but we're going to be able to experience it better. We're going to be able to enjoy it more. He gives us that assurance of better things to come, of, of new bodies even, and, and a home in heaven to be with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit's presence with us is a, 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 an assurance of that. Chapter 5, verse 5. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. There's even more to come. So basically, as we look through the two, second Corinthian letter, we see there's a, a theme building up. And in the references to the Holy Spirit, you don't need anything more than the gospel of the new covenant, you Corinthian Christians. You don't need what these other people are saying. The new covenant, it's glorious, it's powerful, it's transforming, it brings freedom. It's all about Jesus and, and he's the one that you need. And, and the gospel, it's this gospel that, that saved the Corinthians, the very gospel that Paul and his colleagues had brought to them. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit in their hearts that has accomplished and is accomplishing these great things. So, you Corinthian church, you don't need what those false teachers are selling. You are the full packet in Christ. You have all that you need. You simply need to work out the powerful implications of the original, authentic teaching of Jesus. You have the treasure. You have the Holy Spirit. You need to apply this to your lives. And so, as we've studied, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And then we have the closing prayer for a trinity of blessings of God with us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. First of all, it says, may the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace that the son so clearly revealed at the cross. May the love of God, the love that the father has now poured out on us. Because the barrier of sin has been taken away. And here, thirdly, the prayer, may the fellowship and friendship of God that the Holy Spirit draws us into. May this trinity of blessings inspire and shape and transform you and your church. That's the prayer that we see is so precious and so wonderful here at the end of this letter. Now, let's think a little more about the distinctive work of the Holy Spirit. This is so important to us as Christians as we go forward in our lives following Jesus. We've seen that the Holy Spirit, Spirit introduces people to God's family. He builds a family. He greets us. He leads us into this participation, the sharing, this fellowship with God. Now, I wonder when you wake up in the morning, I wonder how you feel. Maybe you feel a bit groggy. Maybe you take a while to kind of wake up. Maybe you take a while to actually think, oh, uh, uh, you get through the stage where you're thinking, oh, I can't, I can't face today but after you've had a wash and you, you a bit of breakfast you read your bible and prayed then you kind of start to come alive and, and then you, you can face the day well how does god 
think of us? How would God greet us if when we wake up in the morning? Is he kind of grumpy? Is he kind of has to take a while to wake up? No, he he welcomes us. He's there with that aunt. Lovely to see you. Welcome to a new day. I love you today just as much as I did 2,000 years ago. And I want to be with you. And I want to spend this day with you. So if, if God would speak to us in that way, if you'd speak to us in a voice, I'm sure he'd say something like that. And if we uh, we can't picture God, we're not meant to picture God, but if we're able to imagine a face, it would be a face with a smile, be a face with, with eyes wide open, welcoming us. And the Holy Spirit is the key welcomer, the one who introduces people into God's family, leading us to Christ. He builds this family and he leads us into the, the participation, the sharing, the fellowship with God. The distinctive work of the Holy Spirit in us is to lead us to believe and to follow Jesus. And that brings us into friendship and fellowship with God, sharing with God. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit in us is to make our relationship with God a reality, to make it intimate, to make it personal, also to make it life changing and dynamic. Now, imagine, I want you to use your imaginations. Imagine a family. We've got a father, we've got a son. And we've got a daughter in this family. Now, I'm not saying anything about the gender of God. This is just an illustration to make the point. So it's just an illustration. But in this family, the son is brave and adventurous. He's quiet unless spoken to. He's not a show off, but he's achieved great things. And the daughter loves the son, loves her brother very, very much. And when anyone comes around to visit the family, she'll delight to introduce people to her brother. And she'll say, she'll get him to tell them of his adventures, the stories, the things that he's achieved. And when he's reluctant to speak, she'll speak for him and just tell the stories for him because she so loves her brother. And she wants people to get to know him and how wonderful he is. And then she'll say excitedly to her brother, now let's take our visitor to meet father. Now the father has a good heart. He, he always wants what's best for others. He's generous, he's firm, but fair. He's wise and understanding. And the daughter loves the father. And whenever anyone comes around, she sings his praises too. And so she wants to introduce people to the son and to the father. She rarely talks about herself, but she loves people to know the father. She loves people to know her brother. And she helps people to understand how wonderful they are. She has a wonderful way of bringing others into the family circle. She's, she's hospitable. She's, she's warm. She delights that new people can share in the unity and the love of this family. Now, that's the illustration. It's not a perfect illustration, but that's the illustration. Now, the reality. God, the Holy Spirit, he introduces people to God's family. He builds a family. He greets us. He welcomes us. He leads us into the participation of the Trinity of blessings, the sharing, this fellowship with God. And so, I'll come to the last point. We thought about the, the fellowship that the Holy Spirit uh, brings to us and shares with us. But now let's think about the fellowship that the Holy Spirit creates amongst us. Amongst us. The Holy Spirit introduces people to God's family. He builds a family, but he also creates in us a desire to include others into the participation, the sharing and the fellowship. He, include, he, he creates in us the, this fellowship we have with each other, the joy that we have in sharing and fellowshipping with each other. So the Holy Spirit gives us fellowship with God. He gives us his fellowship, but he also creates our fellowship. Now, as the grace prayer suggests, the emphasis of the Holy Spirit's work is to bring us 
to the reality of God's presence and bring that presence, that reality to us, this sharing, this, this partnership with God. And the concluding prayer of 2 Corinthians here is to a church and for a church family. It's not a prayer for isolated individuals, although it would bless Christians who are isolated for whatever reason, but it's, it's for a church family, for a church family. The Holy Spirit creates our fellowship with God, but also with each other. And it's obvious because there's so much imagery in the Bible of family for the church. God is our father. We are his children. We are brothers and sisters of each other. Now look at Romans 8 verse 14. It talks about that here. It says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit has created a bond between us. He creates a bond between us that is stronger than we realize at times. It's something that is there, but we need often to, to recognize it and to rejoice in it and to explore it. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It is something that is there, and we need to cherish it and treasure it and keep it, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. So we have this lovely fellowship that the Holy Spirit creates amongst us, and it's something we need to hold on to down through the years. However big we grow as a church, and we look forward, don't we, to starting meeting again in the building. We're looking forward to outreach in the next few few weeks and months, looking forward to developing our, uh, outreach into the Fernwood area and the villages around. And we're looking forward to, to more people coming in to hear the gospel and more people becoming Christians and to the church growing and developing. But however big we go, let's always remember that we're a family, a fellowship. So let's conclude with the, the last heading, and that is this, that it is very practical. This fellowship is very practical. A brief survey of 2 Corinthians regarding the Holy Spirit showed that this experience of fellowship with God and with each other is not simply about feeling nice in meetings. It's not simply about a feel-good factor. It's not simply about feelings, but it's part of a very practical way of Christian living. In our hearts and lives, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit brings assurance. It brings power to endure. It brings a purifying. It brings a, a personal and a dynamic relationship with God. It is not simply about theories and thoughts and nice feelings. It actually is dynamic and transforming. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is also something that was created amongst us. And again, it's not simply about nice feelings when we meet and then we go away and forget about each other. But it's part of very practical Christian living and serving and blessing each other. Uh, Warren Wiersbe, um, pastor and commentator, wrote this. That the everyday fellowship of God's people is important to the church. We must greet each other in other places as well as the fellowship of the assembly. And we must show concern for each other. It's not simply about nice feelings, but it's practical. And it's something which is, should be an everyday thing. Our, our fellowship, if you think about it, is modelled on another fellowship. It's modelled on another sharing. It's modelled on another delight. And that is the Trinity of God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful and it's a glorious thing. And it's not just nice words and feelings. It is extremely practical. Because we've, we see the greatest evidence for that in how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit cooperated together 
in order to create the world and to save us who have sinned against him. The New Testament talks about Christian fellowship in terms of gospel partnership, that we serve together in reaching the world with the gospel in mission, local and abroad. It talks about fellowship in terms of sharing in joys and sufferings, crying together, laughing together, encouraging each other, strengthening each other in difficult through difficult times. It talks about fellowship in terms of giving and receiving help, supporting one another practically in helpful, practical ways and receiving that help with grace. It talks about fellowship in terms of shared experience of the presence of God, things that we can talk about, we can relate about, that no one else can understand, ways that we can share our relationship with God, our experience of, of God with one and another. So it's, it's very practical and it's truly beautiful. It's truly wonderful. And so we pray. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.